coming up on Just Elders Podcast. I said, if we do not fire Chief Shields, someone's going to die in Atlanta. I said that, and unfortunately, that came true. Let me tell you, Rashad Brooks was a beautiful brother, man. Now, I'm killing you because you have hurt my white, simple, mediocre ego. I'm killing you because I know I can. You felt that black power come off his ass. And he threw your ass around. Fuck Wendy's. Wendy's. Your shit deserve to get burned down for calling the fucking police. Hopefully we get this cleared up, mean. Hopefully we can get this body off the ground. Clean up this blood. So people can go back and buy in a fucking four for four. I'm hard on everybody. Fuck Paul Howard. Yo ass need to come out. Let me see some prosecution. The way you wanted to prosecute those black officers immediately. That was the first call I got was from Isaac Hayes. And he was like, you know why I'm calling. So y'all got to realize I talked about him like this on this podcast. And that's somebody I fuck with. (laughs) So if I don't fuck with you, it's all gloves off. We got to stop being scared of our fucking people. But that's the bar. Lil Baby just set the bar for what I want to hear from artists. If you ain't on that revolutionary shit, keep that shit. And I know Drake always going to give us something for the summer, but fuck that. So, Lil Scrappin' behind me. And I said, Lil Scrappin', man, what, what's up, bro? I like, we need that, we need that anthem right now, dog. And you know, he hit me with, I hate when rappers hit me with an artist answer. It's no need of sitting in your house from COVID-19 if you're going to die from the police anyway. Yesterday, they tried to lock me up in Monroe. What do good cops say when they pull up and a black man is dead on the pavement? Ready? Born ready. Last night, people protesting in Minneapolis escalated as demonstrators were lashed by tear gas and rubber bullets. The main message here, the main message, the here? Main message here, is that they want to see those officers involved. They want to see those officers arrested. Officers arrested. Arrest, 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 arrest. Trade my 4x4 for GC3, ain't no more free to speak. I gave him chance, a chance, a chance. Do me a favor. Yeah, I even told him, turn this up right now. The police to shoot you and know that you did. Revolutionary music, little baby. Let me go. down if he say he can't breathe. It's too many mothers just grieving. They're killing us for no reason. Been going on for too long to get even. Throwing some candy like dogs and hyenas. I don't me. If y'all do not know, when they said I can't leave, it is our time. You either with it or you ain't. Get down with the movement. Let's go. What's up, family? It's your boy Eldridge, and you are tuning to the greatest podcast that ever hit the airways. That is the Just Eldridge podcast, and I'm super excited because we're about to record the greatest episode we have ever recorded. I say that every time, and I mean it every single time.
Y'all, we got so much to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. Um, I don't know. I promise you, I feel like Sunday's not coming fast enough because it's just too much going on right now. Before we move forward, I just want to thank each and every last person that tuned in to the last two episodes. Gave y'all a bonus last week. Uh, number one was episode 46. This is that 381-day Montgomery bus boycott type energy. Great episode. I loved it. Uh, but one I loved even more was ep- our bonus episode number two. Back to the blacklist. Shout out to my brother, Javante Anyumbulele, for dropping them gems, dropping that knowledge. So thank y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Um, um Typically, we do reviews right now, but for the, for the sake of time, we're going to move it to next week. Thank you for everybody that left a review. I promise you we're going to get to you. <coughs> um, I know. Shit. I know. But I really, we got a lot to talk about. Um, First, thank you, little baby. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be real. Little baby just solidified something for me. I was already on this. If you ain't with this movement shit. You can get lost. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that's the bar. Lil Baby just set the bar for what I want to hear from artists. If you ain't on that revolutionary shit, keep that shit. And I know Drake always going to give us something for the summer, but fuck that. I already know. I already know. Drake going to give us a banger. But if that shit ain't on no revolutionary shit, we don't need it right now. Like, we live in, we're living in our opportunity here, our black and our proud. Like, this is our opportunity to be as black as we want to be, to be as bold as we want to be, to be as revolutionary as we want to be. So, like, I don't want to hear no distraction. I don't want to be about, hear about no bitches and hoes. I don't want to hear about no guns you ain't shot. I don't want to hear about no your money. I don't want to hear about none of that shit. If you ain't talking about this revolution, this movement, fuck you. <laughs> That's every artist in the game. So again, thank you, little baby, for setting the bar, setting the tone for what we're about to do. Speaking of setting the tone, let's give a big shout out and thank you to Dave Chappelle. Again, this man has solidified the reason why he is in the GOAT Club. Dave Chappelle, to me, in my opinion, for my generation, is the clearest thing we have seen to a free black man. He gets to say what he want to say, do what he want to do without the fear of anything being taken away. Dave Chappelle is getting paid to be a revolutionary because they can't stop it. So for those that don't know, Dave Chappelle dropped a special June 12th. Shout out to Keith, man. Keith, uh, (laughs) Keith sent me this. Two o'clock in the morning. Look, and it was one of the mornings where I had to be up the next morning. I had an appointment at 8.30. And I'm already up just because I can't sleep lately. I've been working on so much stuff. And uh, Keith sends a, uh, <laughs> he sends a text. He was like, surprise special, Dave Chappelle. And I tell the man, I was like, bro, <laughs> what I tell you, bro? I was like, fuck you. You're like, bro, I was just about to go to sleep, bro. Now, now, I can, but me too. I was just about to go to sleep. And then I saw a trend. It said, Dave Chappelle just dropped a special and it was on YouTube. 
I was like, well, damn, you put it on YouTube. Man, that means that you, you want the world. That, yeah, that you want you, the world to see this. You don't want it to be hidden by a, a $12 Netflix subscription. You don't want it to be hit by HBO special. But, but nah, speaking of free black men, but it's under the Netflix as a joke account. So Netflix still put it out on YouTube, but you could tell Dave Chappelle was like, put my shit out right now. I don't got time for the streaming, niggas signing in. It was dope. It right. was dope. Shout out. So it's titled. <laughs> The title eight minutes and forty six seconds. It's so much we can do, go into it. But one thing he did say, he said a lot on this special. But one thing that truly stood out for me is how he was speaking to the young people, man. And I think this is the stance we should take as adults and young adults. Let's see what he said. So thank you all for coming. I want to shout out all the young people who have had the courage to go out and do all this amazing work protesting. I'm very proud of you. You kids are excellent drivers. I am comfortable in the backseat of the car. Uh, So carry on, young ones. That's simple right there. That statement affirmed everything I've been saying about, oh, let's pass the torch. and you, this Passing the torch is no longer even a conversation. You see who out there on the front line. Now, what millennials got to decide, whether y'all want to actually step up and help lead, because Generation Z going in right now. So little baby is leading. I mean, the, I mean, Cause like Meek Mill, that would be millennials, right? Meek and Drake, that'd be, Drake yeah, that's millennials. millennials. So I mean, I mean, we don't we don't have some millennials come out with some revolutionary stuff. I mean, uh, your boy, this is America. That was you know what I'm saying that was hitting. But I'm just talking about we need it right now. What's so crazy? Little Scrappy came to the Decatur protest, and I told Little Scrappy, I was like, nah, he was behind you. Yeah. Bro, I thought that was Little Scrappy, dog, yeah, yeah, but I was bro. like. I ain't want to sound stupid and ask you. <laughs> yeah. He had a face yeah, that, that was him. <laughs> so, Lil Scrappy behind me. And I said, Lil Scrappy, man, what, what's up, bro? I like, we need that, we need that anthem right now, dog. And you know, he hit me with, I hate when rappers hit me with an artist answer. <laughs> what did he say? He said, you know, yeah, man, I'm working on it, but you know, I just can't write like that. I have to really, be living it in the moment to feel what I'm saying. <clears throat> in my head, I like little scrappy. You ain't wrote nothing that deep, bro. <laughs> you ain't never wrote nothing <laughs> that deep to give me that answer. Now. Like truth be told, I want some head buster. Just revolutionary yeah. shit. I, I would take I was, the answer from Kendrick Lamar, Andre 3000. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, but here's the thing, even, even with that, because now, you know, obviously it's okay to go back and remix old ass songs. You seen what your boy just did with uh six nine? Oh my god! <laughs> so, damn. so if Akon can go back and remix, if Akon can go back and remix uh locked up for yeah. some fuck shit, we can remix Headbuster. You right for some revolutionary shit. Well, um. Speaking of revolutionary remakes, the baby, shout out to the baby, he remixes Rockstar song for Black Lives Matter. 
So See? he he did a remix, and you know, that was like his number one song. So now that's up there. So you know, See? shout out. You know what I'm saying? So it's it, like it's that's the new bar. You can do it. it that's the new bar. Same as comedians, like. Um, right now, like Dave Chappelle said it, he was like, the funniest joke of the whole special with Dave Chappelle said, this shit's not funny. <laughs> that was the funniest joke because the point of it, it's not meant to be fucking funny. It ain't shit to laugh about right now. This is where we're at. So what I'm saying, if you are a celebrity and you have a talent and you have a skill set and you have something that the people want, that's how you should be using it right now. The bar has been set. Anything else, I'm calling out. I'm telling you now, calling it out. I don't want to hear that shit. Um, man, I do want to say this because we've been we've not been talking about COVID lately. For those that don't know, Atlanta is all <clears throat> the way open. When I say Atlanta is all the way open. Hold on. COVID. What you talking about, <laughs> what bro? What is that? What is that? What is that? What is COVID-19? Like, you, you let the people know where we at today. <laughs> bro. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to let you do that shit. <laughs> Tell them. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the studio. We back in the studio live, y'all. Back in the studio live. You can't hold us down. Atlanta back open. Look, and you know what? Keith got what he want. But I'm I'm not going to lie. Like, and then I want y'all to check, check, peep this now. The movement has been getting a lot of attention because we were locked down. Oh, yeah. And we didn't have nothing else to do. And what I've been telling people is, it's no need of sitting in your house from COVID-19 if you're going to die from the police anyway. That's why I justify go out and use your voice and speak up. At the same time, you're now going to start seeing our numbers dwindle because people, bro, I'm seeing clubs packed out. Bro, did you not see Edgewood last night? Bro. I went to Monroe. <laughs> I went to Monroe. And on my way back from Monroe, I passed, I went to uh, Wendy's. We're going to talk about Wendy's. But I passed Edgewood. The exit was back. Bro, I was scared to go on the exit. It was so many people. I'm telling you, bro. Like, it's ridiculous how, how open we are right now. Yeah, so I want to let people know we, we all the way outside. Yeah. We all the way outside. Be safe out there. Um, Say his name. Let's start right there. Rashard Brooks. So um, last week, man, I had a conversation. I told y'all I had a conversation with um, Isaac Hayes. On that conversation, I was giving my detailed description of why I'm disappointed in our leadership in the city. And um, one of the things I said was, if we don't get Chief Shields, if we don't fire her, and I said this, Keith, no, he was standing there with me. I said, if we do not fire Chief Shields, someone's going to die in Atlanta. 
I said that, and unfortunately, that came true. Now, on the phone call, we talked about a couple of things. Last week, I was going in on him about Amber Jackson, and he didn't post it. But when someone was killed, to his credit, he called me that morning. That was the first call I got was from Isaac Hayes. And he was like, you know why I'm calling. And he said, what needs to happen? So I was like, look, bro, y'all need to remove yourself from Chief Shields, like, immediately that's like a band-aid but it's gonna show where you at and um we talked and uh he did end up posting the amber jackson i think because i told him when we got a phone i said bro if you don't post amber jackson today i no longer fuck with you and so y'all gotta realize i talked about him like this on this podcast and that's somebody i fuck with <laughs> so <laughs> If I don't fuck with you, it's all gloves off. And now I'm actually, that's me on defense. Then I was going to go on offense. But he posted it. We cool right now. Um, moving to this Rashard Brooks. Um, I uh, Someone sent me the one hour and 27 minute um, body cam video. And... They advised me to watch the entire thing before I record this podcast. And I listened. So I watched it and let me tell you, Rashad Brooks was a beautiful brother, man. The dude, I mean, you know, they say when you drunk, your true self kind of come out. The dude had personality. Handsome, like the dude would just uh, like he remind me of somebody that would be in my family, like a cousin or somebody that you just like somebody you got excited about when they walked in the house for Thanksgiving dinner. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know he gonna bring the jokes, he gonna be silly, he probably gonna have his daughter with him cause he love her. Like I seen all of that in this video. I'm going to make sure Keith put the one hour and 27 minute video in the show notes. And I encourage people to watch because there's a couple of things. There's, there's a couple of things where people say, don't watch the videos because they're traumatizing. I get that. But there's the other side of the coin that we have to watch it because we're getting desensitized on these killings. Like we're we're talking about death, like it's something that just comes, and this was a temporary setback. Like, yeah, we had to kill him. He'll be back next week. Like we got people complaining about a Wendy's catching on fire, and I want to just I want to I want to acknowledge this. So there's footage, pictures, proof that a white girl started the fire. But let me tell you something about it. I done already talked about the white agent provocateurs that come in our community. They can only come under the cover of the rage of our community. If we were not out there, they would have no cover to do what they do. So we got to understand they are able to do what they're able to do because there are so many of us in the streets because we're that hurt. 
So when you watch the video, this is a couple of things that I seen from watching the video. One, Wendy's, your shit deserve to get burned down for calling the fucking police. I'm going to be real. Anybody calling the police on a black man or a black woman in this climate, you are, in my opinion, and I'm talking about calling somebody that's not a threat, calling somebody that's not, I'm not talking about somebody endangering you. I'm talking about you calling the police on somebody that is being nonviolent. You are a part of this process of his death. So allegedly he's in the drive-in, uh, drive-through window, and he falls asleep. Oh, he fell asleep at the window, like yes. ordering food? Yes. I done did that before, bro. Uh, I, I don't even drink. I done did that. I've been that exhausted, yeah. and I fell asleep. Had no reason, no reason to be driving, but I fell asleep. I fell asleep at red lights before. Like, we all have fell asleep. So... They called the police. It, I'm almost sure that they didn't go out. They didn't even go outside and knock on the door. I'm pretty sure that he's in line. They probably speaking through, to him through the speaker. He's not moving. We gonna call the police. They call the police. Cause the police knocks on the window. Police knocks on the window. Obviously, he was able to wake up and pull his car over to where he pulled it. So. All y'all had to, we got to stop being scared of our fucking people. Say that again, boy. Like, and then if you watch the one hour and 27 minute video, you will see this was not an angry drunk man. This was a drunk man that still had personality. This was a drunk man that still had charisma. This is a drunk man that still had manners. Calling the officer, sir. Yes, sir. This is a drunk man that still had composer. Now, let me be clear. He was a drunk man. <laughs> Damn. My boy thought he was on Dixie Highway. He thought he was on old Dixie? <laughs> yes. Right. And I, and I could see the confusion on that Wendy's and the Wendy's on old Dixie. Look, I know. So he was like, man, I'm right here on the lodge, man. I'm right here. Like, he said, he said, I'm not on old Dixie. He said, oh, I'm in Forest Park. He said, he said, no. So my boy was drunk. But here's the thing. So we have to think about at the root, what is the slogan for police officers? We say police officers are here to do what? Serve and protect. Serve and protect. Serve and protect. So in this situation, how could have these police officers, how could they have served and protect? One, they could have served Rashard Brooks by calling somebody in his phone, saying, hey, can y'all pick this man up and take him home? Putting him in a lift. Telling him to leave his cars. Because one thing about it, he was drunk. But when my boy seen the police was standing up, he seen it was about to turn into something. He started sobering up. Like, real quick. You know how folks be like, you blew my high? Like, you started seeing my boy, like, sober up. Like, especially when he was taking the sobriety test. 
when you watch them taking that. So you could have just served them that way. In this climate, you're a white officer. Y'all love to get credit for doing all kinds of good stuff for black people, playing basketball with black kids and, you know, all the shit y'all want to go viral for. You could have served Rayshard Brooks that way by getting him home. And you can't tell me this don't happen to our counterparts. One, he was in the driveway, the parking lot of Wendy's. If he would have wrecked into somebody, y'all wouldn't have gave him a ticket because y'all say y'all don't do tickets on private property. I know for sure because I was in that situation where I was passed out drunk. Police woke me up, but because I wasn't, my car wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't have my key in the ignition and I was parked. They allowed my dad to come. Like I can call my dad. My dad literally came and picked me up. I was around the corner from the house and they let my dad come pick me up and leave my car. And this was in Gwinnett County. So I know officers have that discretion. Like he didn't have to even be engaged. They could have said, okay, you drunk, leave your car, call somebody. So that's the first way. And in doing that, you would have protected all of the other citizens who were at danger of a drunk driver. Simple. Because then you got to think about it. Let's say you do just lock him up. Let's just say you successfully locked this man up. He was respectful the whole time. He now gets locked up. We don't even know what the process of being locked up and getting out is under COVID-19 rules. It's his daughter's birthday the next day. He clearly told you that. Um, He now has a DUI. He can't drive. It affects him going to work. Like, it's a ripple effect that you have the opportunity to avoid if you cared about his life, living or dead. So let's go to the part where he now knows he's getting locked up. He knows he's getting locked up. They put the handcuffs on his hands and he takes off. Now it's two white officers. Here's the long story short. He got his ass. They got their ass kicked. They got their ass kicked. That was for sure. You you felt that black power. That was for like sure. Like you see, like that's that's something about black people. Period. We are so humble. We are so charismatic. So you seen this good personality, handsome young man, not threatening at all. You felt that black power come off his ass, and he threw your ass around. Your fucking training wasn't prepared for that shit. And yeah, you about to tase me. I'm going to grab the fucking taser too to make sure I don't get it. So I grab one of your tasers. The other one grab your taser and you tase me. But guess what? I eat that shit and I keep running. Now I reach back and I shoot. This is the where people say the dumbass people say he's justified in killing. I know I grabbed the taser. They know he grabbed the taser. The officer said he grabbed the taser. He shoots back and shoots a taser, not a gun. Because what they try to say is he grabbed your weapon. He grabbed the taser. Let's call it what it is. Because if it were you shooting somebody else, you're not going to say I shot him with a weapon. You're going to say I shot him with a taser. So let's pay attention to language, people. He shot you, shot at you, 
with a taser, didn't hit anybody, and then you immediately pull out your gun and kill him. Let's just play this in our head. We have his license number that we already, we have his license that we already ran. We know exactly who he is. We have his car that's registered to an address. We have the location of the hotel on Dixie Highway where he says he's staying. We have everything we need to find this man. If he outruns us, we can catch him later. I already been talking to him for an hour. I know he's not a threat. I know he's not dangerous. I know he's not a killer. I know he's not driving, so he's not going to hurt anybody. So now I'm killing you because you have hurt my white, simple, mediocre ego. I'm killing you because I know I can. I'm killing you because the officers that just got in trouble for hurting black people, when they were charged, my boss, Chief Erica Shields, said that shit was political and she has our back. So I'm killing you because I know my supervisors are going to justify me killing you. Continue to watch the one hour and 27 minute video. You see the police officers come on the scene. Now, this part right here was very important for me because this is the opportunity for us to get a live view of good cops. What do good cops say when they pull up and a black man is dead on the pavement? Throughout the whole video, you hear, you okay? You okay? Something wrong? What happened? Are you okay? I'm talking about daps, hugs. If I'm black and I'm an officer and I'm a good cop, I don't give a fuck if I don't know the story. You ain't got no bullet holes in your car. This man ain't got no gun. There's no reason for him to be dead. This ain't business as usual. Let me play a clip of what one of the officers came up to him and said. I'm okay. All right, good, 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 good. All right, we're going to take care of you, bro. I'm just glad you are right. That's my biggest concern. Yeah, we're good. All right, good. You talk to your wife? You talk to your family, everybody? No, I hadn't called anybody other than the IPPO. Okay. All right, hopefully we'll get this cleared up. Anything you need from me? Any yeah. update on the on Mr. Brooks? No, I ain't checked yet, so. Okay. We'll get that squared away, all right? All right. But you're good. What you're hearing is a voice of a black man, a good police officer, whatever the fuck that means. This police officer is doing his job. Let me tell you, let me go back to what I said to y'all on episode 45. I do not believe there are anything such thing as a good cop. They're good people that purposely take a bad job. 
You can't scream police reform. Why the fuck we going to reform anything that is good? You can't scream that shit and say that there are good cops in the system. This cop just said he's doing his job. He just said, my biggest concern is, are you okay? He said, what about Mr. Brooks? I haven't even checked on him yet. Hopefully we get this cleared up. Hopefully we get this cleared up, mean. Hopefully we can get this body off the ground, clean up this blood, so people can go back and buy in a fucking four for four. Damn. That's what that fucking means. And you got people that's literally mad that the Wendy's burned down. Fuck Wendy's. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Seeing that Wendy's burn in Atlanta was one of the first times I have smiled so hard this week. Because y'all have to fucking pay attention when we do shit like that. And again, I know we didn't even do it. But the only reason why it was able to be done because we were out there. Because we were outraged. Because these white provocateurs can hide in the shadows of black rage, of black anger. That's how that shit was possible. So let's go to my great mayor. Oh, did she make this statement before or after they shut down the highway? This statement was made before. Okay. So I want to point something out. So I was going in on social media because this happened early in the morning and I was waiting to see how long it was going to take our mayor to say something. I'm that's, that's all I want to know how long it's going to take you to, because I remember how fast you told protesters to go home. I remember how calculated you were not in that. I remember, matter of fact, yeah, we can hear it from her right here. Let me just speak to what's happening here today. Um, above everything else, I am a mother. I am a mother to four black children in America. There she go. One of whom is 18 years old. There she go with this mother stuff. Remember that. I want to point something out. And when I saw the murder of George Floyd, I hurt like a mother would hurt. And on yesterday when I heard there were rumors about violent protests in Atlanta, I did what a mother would do. I called my son and I said, where are you? I said, I cannot protect you, and black boys shouldn't be out today. So you're not going to out-concern me and out-care about where we are in America. Okay. I would argue that the city has definitely out-concerned you, Mayor Bottoms. So, all right, that's how she, that is how she responds to protesters. Let's see how she responds to the death of Rayshard Brooks. Let's see how a black mother 
with black children who you cannot out concern responds to the death of a black child. Chief Shields has offered to immediately step aside as police chief so that the city may move forward with urgency in rebuilding the trust so desperately needed throughout our community. So one, I want to point out, she's reading. She's reading the paper. Let me keep going. I believe that there is a clear distinction between what you can do and what you should do. You see how calm she reading that fucking Easter speech? Shit. A black mother who you can't out concern don't need a fucking speech to speak on what's happening in this city. I'm not telling you to get out here and be completely emotional and not think about what you say. But what I am saying, what you say does not reflect on what you do. So let's speak about it. All week I have been calling for what? The firing of Chief Shields. Then everybody hit me up like, Eldridge, you need to calm down because you got what you want. Chief Zills now resigned. Let me tell you, I believe I would be the luckiest person in the world. Anybody would be lucky. If you could fuck up as much as she's fucked up and resign to be reassigned to another department. Resigning and reassigning is completely different from firing. One is a complete uproot of that person's politics out of our judicial system. A complete uproot of that person's influence they have over officers. And an example to the next person that comes in, if you keep this shit going, your ass is gone too. But to resign and reassign? I'm going to be real with you. I don't know a chief, chief, a chief of police in America that wants their job right now. That shit was actually a fucking favor. If I was a white woman running a police department that's killing and murdering black people, I wouldn't want that job right now anyway. And if I can goddamn resign and reassign myself, keep my pay, keep my pension, Keep everything and just remove the spotlight off of me. I'm going to take that shit too. So the people that saying I'm not grateful and I'm too hard on Keith. I'm hard on everybody. Fuck Paul Howard. Your ass need to come out. Let me see some prosecution. The way you wanted to prosecute those black officers immediately. Now you got some white officers that did something. You still ain't did nothing to CJ Swanger who broke the clavicle of Amber Jackson. Damn. He's on desk duty. So again, to the black officers, your black, your badge, your blue uniform and your badge does not protect you from white supremacy. You are not your coworkers. You are not. And last night when we was all in front of the Wendy's and the police was out there, guess what? You couldn't see a white officer. You got all, and I would play a clip it's a clip I recorded of a brother, man. So passionate. And if you would have heard the protest, they were so respectful. Literally the protesters are saying shit like 
we not mad at you, bruh. We want you to keep your job. You ain't got a body on your gun. It's these white officers, but they using y'all like puns. These are what the protesters are saying to the black officers. I was watching the black officers like, my God, I cannot imagine loving black people the way I love black people and having to be on the front line like a fucking pun when a white boy is sitting with a blanket over his shoulder like he a fucking victim and telling him to take a breath. Make sure you call your wife and family. Y'all, so here's the analogy why I said on Facebook I gave uh, Keisha the uh, Nancy Pelosi clap. You know, the Nancy Pelosi clap is what she gave Trump when she like, man, fuck, fuck that shit she's talking about. This is what I, this is why I gave Keisha a Nancy Pelosi cap, clap for the resign and reassign. This is the best analogy I can give. Consider Atlanta a restaurant. Keisha Lance Bottoms is the owner of that restaurant. Chief Erica Shields is the manager of that restaurant. The police officers are the waiters and waitresses of that restaurant. And the citizens of Atlanta are the customers. We come in this restaurant. We patronize. We eat. We are the very reason why this restaurant is able to stay open because our money gives everybody their job. And you have waiters and waitresses that continue to spit in our food. You got waiters and waitresses that continue to be rude as fuck. You got waiters and waitresses that continue to treat your paying clientele like shit. As an owner, if you see that it keeps happening, obviously the manager who runs the employees needs to be fired. If you're an owner that really give a fuck about your clients and really cares that your restaurant is ran properly for all customers, you would fire that manager. What Keisha Lance Bottoms did was make her the assistant manager. So to everybody that's clapping like you really just got something, you ain't get shit. Because if I'm an employee, I still have less power than my assistant manager. And my assistant manager still has influence over how I do my job. And if my assistant manager didn't give a fuck about how I did my job when they were the manager, what makes you think they would give a fuck about how they do the job as the assistant manager? And then when you bring in a new manager which is probably going to be somebody that used to be the old manager's lower employee, that manager still has a level of respect for their old manager. So when their old manager is giving them suggestions on how they should do their old job, that new manager begins to do his new job the fucking old way. I hope I broke that down in a way that everybody could get that shit, especially the people in the back. So what you're seeing right now is a complete, utter disrespect 
and disregard to what the people are calling for. We are calling for real transformational change. And I'm a, in defense of the people. I understand as black people, we have been programmed to not understand or even be able to accept what transformational change feel like. Transformational change in Google, if you look it up, it says breaking change that completely alters your current operating structure. These changes will have a massive change to the process, the people, and the technology. So what do I mean by that? Transformational change is uncomfortable because yes, Chief Shields would lose her fucking job if we had transformational change. Transformational change is something that we have never got as black people. We have always got backhand. Our demands were always halfway given to us. Always. Oh, y'all can come to the schools, but we're going to treat you like shit. Y'all can work in our businesses, but we're going to pay you less. Y'all can have a black president, but he can't do nothing for black people. We are fucking tired of half demands. So when we say fire Chief Shields, fucking fire that bitch. I ain't Snoop Dogg. I ain't apologizing for shit. Fire that motherfucker. So yeah, I'm going to be on everybody's ass. And if the kissing is too fucking hot, you resign as mayor. You resign as DA. You resign as any other elected official that ain't doing shit in our fucking city. So to my young people, to my warriors that's out here, man, we have to stay strong because they are coming. They are coming to intimidate us. They are trying to change it. Prime example, I'm in Monroe organizing right now. Shout out to Form. Form is one of one of the first direct action organizing organizations in Monroe. I didn't say the first because I don't know that for sure, but I know it's one of many, a few. Is one of few. Form stands for fighting oppression and racism in Monroe. So this is how this works in Monroe. In Monroe, the reason why this front fight is so important because if you get Monroe to stand up, you now got that whole pocket of social circle, Loganville, Athens, all of them smart, smaller cities to wake up. And if we get this fire burning on the perimeter, because let me be very clear, Georgia is a red state. Atlanta will fool you to thinking that Georgia is wet. It's not. Atlanta is. And again, we're not even treated the greatest in Atlanta, as you see that. So imagine outside of Atlanta. So suggest change Atlanta is not enough. You have to change all the other things. So again, I go to Monroe twice a year, Thanksgiving, Christmas. I have been to Monroe five times this week organizing. So they got a name now. So when we first started protesting, the first protest I went to, the mayor came out. He taking pictures, the police officers blocking the road, helping us walk the street. 
some of the black police officers taking pictures with us, Keith. This was when the national protests. Right. Okay. This is when let's do this for a week. Let's, let's protest this week. So then when I come out there, I tell them, I say, y'all, we came out here for George Floyd, but we're going to stay out here for the shit that we need to change in Monroe. We're going to stay out here for Morris Ford. The mass last massive lynching that ever happened in this country. I know for sure, George, maybe this country. No prosecution. They still live in Monroe. We're coming out here for Lynn Jackson. A lynching that happened in the 80s in Social Circle. 20 foot high tree. Very far out on the branch. Was it suicide? We out here for that. We out here for the over-policing of our communities. So that's why we're going to stay out here. So the mayor, and I got to call out all my people in Monroe. I want y'all to hear me loud and clear. You have a responsibility to stand the fuck up. I'm calling out my class, everybody I ever went to school with, everybody I grew up with. You have a responsibility to support form and what they're trying to do for the city of Monroe. And if you don't, you are on their side. It's ridiculous. The mayor put out and said, yeah, they're protesting in Monroe. But the crowd is small. And I would like to think it's small because our police has such a great relationship in the community. <laughs> so when you don't show up, what it shows the power structure. That's why that's a prime example why I tell people protests are so important. Protest is a visual to your oppressor of the numbers that is fighting against him. So 20. It might not look scary, but it's intimidating. Let me tell you why. Because you was with us. Yesterday, they tried to lock me up in Monroe. So when we was out there first, you know, I'm coming out with the training that I don't learn from Derrick Bozeman, Attorney Mallory Davis. You can't have no protests without having your own propaganda. So I began, I wrote up them a flyer letting the community know who they were. The flyer reads as such. Fighting oppression and racism in Monroe, also known as FORM, is a collective of students, parents, faith leaders, business owners, residents, and natives committed to fighting oppression and racism in Monroe, Georgia. We believe that Monroe has a culture of white supremacy and racism that we are not addressing adequately. Our goal is to create transformational change that will challenge the status quo. We believe that social transformation begins at a local level. We demand that our local officials pause and listen to all of the voices within our community and start to implement changes based off those suggestions. We believe that black lives matter and we are fighting to create a community where our fellow citizens, police officers and elected officials operate in that same belief. If you are tired of business as usual, and you are ready for change, we challenge you to help us form today. Sincerely, the form team. If you want to be a part of this movement, go to helpusform.com. 
help us form F O R M dot com. Fill out the application today. I said on my Facebook live Atlanta, I came here to, uh, I came to Atlanta in 2008, the Metro Atlanta area. I moved to Lithonia. After that, I moved to Buckhead. After that, I moved to downtown. So I've lived all over the Metro Atlanta area. Y'all have seen me serve y'all. Y'all have seen me fight for y'all. Now I'm asking y'all to return the favor. It helped me in my hometown. Even if you can't join, show up to a protest, donate to the organization, do something because us bringing change in Monroe, it helps your cause here in Atlanta. Cause if Monroe do it, Atlanta has to do it. So that, that piece of paper I just read, that's what I'm passing out to people on the road. I'm passing out that, uh, as cars go by. Now cars know because a lot of people see us out there. They think you protesting for George Floyd. So that's cool, but they don't have no reason to really get involved. But now we gave a call to action for everybody to get involved. So here's the audio of the police coming to uh, check me. No racist. Police. No racist. Police. Say whose street I see. Whose street I see. Whose street I see. Whose street I see. No peace. No justice. No peace. All right. You were warned yesterday. Been warned today. Right. Technically, if I wanted to shut this down, I can. If you don't have a permit to be at it, we let y'all call, we let you mark. All we ask you to do is stay out of the street. So we ask one little simple question: Stay out of the street. You've been warned yesterday. You've been you warned no cross. I said I ain't no cross. Now you gotta stay out of the street. See, you sound like an uppity Negro. That's your problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hey man, we need to put the link somewhere. Put that on YouTube. Yeah, I'm putting on YouTube. Put the link. So, what was happening was we passing out the one passing out the paper, and people want it. So, somebody's in the turning lane, and somebody on across the street. I run across the street. It's Monroe. We got three fucking red lights. So I run across the street and give them paper. So the first thing they say, if you're going to cross, cross using the sidewalk. Okay. So now I'm running across the side, crosswalk. Every time I want to get somebody the old paper and they're standing right there. So I'm running past them every time I do it. So people coming out the business, they want some white, black. I'm giving it to everybody. So then there's somebody in the middle lane, the turning lane. So I run to the middle of the turning lane, not crossing the street, just giving them a fly. So he comes out and that's when he comes and says, we told you not to be on the street. We told you yesterday. We told you today. So what they don't know now, I don't bought one of them. You know, them little clap things with the little arm, the long arm where you pick up trash. I don't bought one of those. So now I'm going to be handing the flyers <laughs> out with my extended arm thing. <laughs> so I'm going to be real. Mark my words. I am going to get locked up in Monroe for a form of social, um, of um, civil disobedience. I definitely know that's happening. I know it's coming. 
But for that, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. It proved my point to the group, though, because what, what I wanted to show the group was they not really with y'all. And the group didn't understand that, but they got to see it firsthand. They got to see how they're being treated right now. So, oh, when you say they didn't understand, elaborate on that. They didn't, they didn't understand because, again, I can show you pictures where the police officer taking picture with them, the police officer blocking out the road so they can cross right, so you, the street. They thought that first week that, oh, yeah, they're going to let us. Okay. Right. Okay. I get you. That's just, that's not the reality. Man, speaking of that, that's just like the New York PD cop that came out and said he wish he didn't kneel with them. Just to let y'all know, y'all got happy when they kneeled. The motherfuckers weren't trying Fred, to kneel let with me tell y'all. y'all. People kneeling. Let me, let me be real. If I'm a police officer, a Coast Guard, that's having to stay out here with y'all badass kids that won't go in the fucking house and I've been standing for 12 hours. I'm going to kneel to take a fucking break. I don't give a fuck what it looked like. I'm, nigga, I'm taking a kneel. That shit means nothing. It's symbolic. And again, we want transformational change. So, to my young warriors, my fellow comrades, Y'all said it before, I'm going to say it again. Y'all, we are winning. We are really winning. The only thing we have to do now is really begin to organize our efforts. And I'm willing to help anybody that needs organizing. If you have a group where y'all are consistently in your streets, like from Monroe, I came down to help them. We did their website. We did, um, we're getting them training done. We're talking about implementing programs. So it's not just one thing to do direct action organizing. There's programs that you offer. So people always talk about, oh, y'all just talking about white on white crime and the police. How do you address the black on black crime? You address black on black crime by providing programming to enhance the community relations within the community. So in Monroe, we're about to start what we're calling Freedom Friday movie night, where each and every Friday we're going to be playing a Freedom Fighter movie. Um, talk to my granddad about it. We're gonna, he gonna let us do it on his land. Super excited about it. I'm gonna uh, print out a calendar. So everything from Just Mercy, Selma, um, the documentary, the Morris Ford documentary. It's just movies. What's happening? We're getting people excited and getting them in the mindset of standing up for the, what's theirs. And then we're also, also inviting people to join form and protest with us Saturday mornings. So um, every Saturday they do a um, farmer's market downtown. And, you know, the white folk love their farmer's market. We're going to be out there. Uh, saying that to say, man, y'all, this is our time. Let's just organize. Let's organize. And we got to begin to create what are the demands. Uh, uh, if you're looking for demand suggestions, any Confederate memorials, that's a win. Take it down. That is a traumatic visual reminder for black people every day when you pass it, take it down. Um, another is, uh, decriminalizing marijuana in your city. Uh, that's important. Um, that's one of the gateway, um, the gateway of charges to really open up more felonies. And it's something that we really shouldn't be focusing on when half the country is getting rich off of, uh, selling weed anyway. Another, um, uh, is police reform. 
um, you should look up uh, President Obama's 21st century uh, uh, policies. I'm going to uh, send that to Keith so he can add that in the show notes as well. He has a lot of great suggestions of what police perform- reform should look like, community policing should look like. And then last but not least, one thing that we should all be asking for is reparations now. Um, reparations is a comprehensive plan. I think we should get it on all levels, whether that is cash payouts, housing, um, um, healthcare, education, um, you name it. I think we need reparations right now, and this is the best time to get it. And I, what I say to America, reparations now will burn. With that being said, I just want to thank Keith for holding down the ones and twos. Big shout out to our studio audience in the building. We got the fly Kai Wilson in the building. The Kai Wilson agency. Um, she be holding us down. One of the biggest supporters and friends of the Just Elders podcast. You know, I would argue and say the biggest supporter and friend of the Just Elders podcast. You'll be hearing her on the podcast soon enough, dropping the knowledge that she has. Once we can afford her to bring her on and teach us everything she knows. Um, and lastly, I just want to thank you for listening. Do me a favor, share this out to your mama, your sister, your brother, and your friend. And we love y'all. We need y'all. But most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all next week. We are out. What do you have to lose? You're living in poverty. Your schools are no good. You have no jobs. 58% of your youth is unemployed. What the hell do you have to lose? We'll put a lap on the upside of America. Mama let me sip the 40. I was just a shorty. Then I started spitting garlic. And they said, record me. I feel like this shit was for me. This shit just my story. Yeah. Uh. Jump out the porch. Uh. I got a porch, I'ma take it back. I'm on the block with the killers and hoeing my own, of course. Yeah. I see my mom and dad separate, ain't talking divorce. Said daddy was living by the fire, and he died by the torch. I'm with the AKs, we like the baby bay kids. Hey, but daddy, I listen to the suckers the same when that Ray Ray did. I'm selling scissors and HKs, and I just was a great.